Growing up as a Protestant in my very Catholic town, I was always fascinated by all my Catholic friends who said they were going to church for Christmas. Now, that wasn't the strange part. The strange part was when they were going. They were going to church for Christmas at midnight. That was what struck me as odd. Then, decades later, I had my first taste of Christmas Midnight Mass. I'll tell you about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for tuning in for some help and encouragement in living out your faith today from our seasoned spiritual directors. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. I remember my first midnight mass after coming into the Catholic Church. It was indeed at midnight. I found out later that so-called midnight mass isn't always at midnight, but that's another story. And this mass was at the magnificent Cathedral of St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota. In fact, I had been asked to read the first reading at mass, so I got to be part of the opening procession. So on the way from the sacristy to the back, we stopped at the creche where the archbishop placed the baby Jesus in the manger and knelt in reverent prayer. Now, keep in mind, this was all new to me as a brand new Catholic. Then at the back, before the procession began, a male cantor with a heavenly voice launched into the Roman martyrology. Now, if you're not familiar with this, it is a chant that sets the birth of Jesus in the context of a number of other religious and secular historical events. So I let the gorgeous words and the wonder of the Incarnation wash over me as I gazed up at the interior of the massive dome upon which is inscribed the words from Psalm 150, Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. I was overwhelmed with a sense of the presence of God, and this was even before Mass actually technically began. By the time the organ and brass began the introduction to O Come All Ye Faithful, I was just itching to sing, not just with my voice, but with my soul. Well, today on the program, we're talking about celebrating Christmas as Catholics, and that's both within and outside of the liturgy. How do we Catholics honor the birthday of our King at church, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools? And how do we do it well? Should be a fun show with some great ideas. Guiding our discussion today is our spiritual director, Father Richard Hermes. Father Hermes is a Jesuit priest and the president of Jesuit High School in Tampa, Florida. Welcome back to The Inner Life, Father. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Patrick. It's wonderful to be here. Your story gave me chills. Uh, yeah, it was. it's just absolutely amazing. And there's other stories that I could tell from that Mass. But uh, I want to let you yeah. and our listeners have the, have the mic as well. So let's just start there, Father. Any any particular Christmas traditions or stories in your own life that really strike you as meaningful, as memorable? Oh well, you know, there it's the it's the usual ones I think of that Catholics in mid twentieth century America experienced. You know, we had the the de- well, I come from a large family, seven boys and one girl, and so getting the picking the tree, bringing the tree home, decorating the tree, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, lathering it with tinsel uh those 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 are great family moments you know but also putting the crash together the 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 nativity scene and holding the child jesus out you know in in a separate place and then usually the youngest would be the one to place the child in in the in the manger after midnight mass or early on christmas morning you know going to midnight mass or some years after opening presents going to to the morning mass uh yeah 
you know, and having family around, having all of our siblings as they got older coming back home from college or or from wherever they were living, you know, the special Christmas foods that you'd have, bonbon candy or Christmas cookies, pecans. There you go. All of those things, you know. Yeah. Beautiful time of year. Just and it involves everything. It involves, you know, your whole family, you know, all your senses. Uh it, you really especially as a child, you get so involved in Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's so true and there's so many things that are going through my mind even as you were saying those things, Father, and that's that's what we want to kind of talk about today. But but specifically doing it as Catholics. So and and again, I don't want to limit our conversation, you know, just to the liturgy. Of course we want to talk about that, but but also to what we do in our homes and what we do uh even in our workplaces and schools and that sort of place where um where it might not be where we're surrounded by other Catholics or even other Christians at that at that point. But, uh, you know, we want to get into that. But uh, what do you think, Father, that it means to celebrate Christmas specifically as a Catholic? I mean, what's what's kind of first and foremost? Well, I mean, I, the first thing I think of is, first of all, not, not you know, we, we celebrate it in many ways like everybody else. You know, we have decorations, the lights, the presents, the parties, uh, exchange of gifts, special treats and all that. Yeah, and of course, all of that kind of begins absurdly early these days, thanks to the commercialization of Christmas. But, um, but you know, grace builds on nature, right? So we yep. celebrate Christmas in many respects, like everyone. But for us, it's different, and it has to be different. It, it's it's not just a generic holiday. It's not. It's truly a holy day, and and it's one of the central feast days of the faith. It allows us to profess our faith and to grow deeper in our faith, and. So I think, you know, it begins with Advent, really. I think having a proper mm-hmm. Advent celebration within the home or in the parish church or in the school community with the Advent wreath, with the Advent prayers, with the lighting of the Advent candles uh, each Sunday and even each night in a family home with a little bit of Advent prayer, you know, maybe some of the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, and I think, of course, the focus on, you know, everything building up to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day itself, uh, the Holy Night and the celebration of that day, you know, in a worthy way. It has to include, of course, the celebration of Holy Mass. But, but there are so many traditions that, that can and should be brought in that, that you, we can recover, that we can learn anew. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned to someone that I was determined to, to speak about Joanna Bogle's A Book of Feasts and Seasons and just her whole work. She's an, I don't know if you know her, but she's an English Catholic who has spent the last 35, 40 years writing and talking about how to take all the feasts of the year and, and do things with the children, with family, with, mm. you know, with decorations, with food, with little games and traditions. And, and I, I, I warmly recognize, recommend her book and, and any of her videos uh, to anyone who's kind of looking for things they can do with their family. Ah, very good. Well, I think we'll throw a link to that book in our show notes as well. Book of Feasts and Seasons by Joanna Bogle. No, I don't. I don't know of that one. So that's I'm going to have to add that one to my 2024 reading list. I guess. Yeah, she's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's very good. I like it. Well, obviously, I mean, as you've already mentioned, Father, uh, this is a time when a lot of family members who may be in college, they may be uh, out working at different jobs, but there's a there's they make it a point to travel and to come home so we can we can be together as a family what do you think is significant or important in celebrating christ's birthday as a family well i mean we want to celebrate you know the things that matter that we cherish the most the things that matter to us most we want to share with those who are closest to us with our family and our closest friends and you know when, when i think of christmas i think of of peace of light of joy i mean these are the gifts that accompany uh the mystery of christmas and 
and you want to share that. You want to share that with your loved ones, and you want them to be near. And, and we experience the most those those gifts the most most deeply within our families. And when we experience them elsewhere, we want to call them up. We want to text them. We want to send them a picture that shares that joy, that shares the light that we're experiencing, the peace, whatever it is, with them. So, yeah, I mean that's the the, the greatest gift of Christmas. These gifts of joy, pe- peace, and light. You know, we want to share them naturally with our with our close our loved ones. Yeah. And that may or may not be a time that's relished and looked forward to by all members of the family. I mean, it can, <laughs> let's be honest, right? It can, it can pre- prevent, present some new, uh, some new challenges, uh, whether that just be finding room to put everybody up in the house or it could be, uh, yeah, you know, so and so old Uncle Joe there isn't, uh, he's not the most, he's, he's rather a tan- cantankerous type of guy and not always the most fun to be around. But, Still, it's important. Uh, it's important to be together with these people that uh, that God has placed in our lives. Yeah, yeah, and some somehow even those uh, you know the odd duck family member or the occasional you know dispute that happens at a Christmas when when we're, when everybody starts talking religion, politics, and other things they should probably stay away from uh, at the Christmas celebration. <laughs> somehow yeah. those become a part of it and part of the family lore too. You know that. <laughs> You know, we, we can share we can share those those moments, and we can have those those little falling out or an argument, and and you can do that with your family, and you're not necessarily going to have those long lasting ruptures, you know, because because your blood and and they they belong to you. Yeah, and Jesus, let's you know, Jesus was born into a family. I mean, Mary and Joseph being betrothed, and that was part of the divine plan all along, is for him to enter into a family as well and having you know not just a, a mother and a surrogate father but also grandparents right and and uh, there's just a, a number of ways in which the family i think is upheld by the whole the whole true christmas yeah and i mean it's you know think talking about celebrating christmas as a catholic i mean part of it is not just stopping on christmas day but you have the whole christmas oh, octave yeah. and the 12 days of christmas and the great feast of of the Holy Family, in, you know, during that that week, that octave of Christmas, and that's a beautiful day, I think, to have to go to to mass with the family and to really set aside time to be with family on that on that day. Yeah, yeah, it, that's true. And actually, as long as you bring it up, Father, so I have to say, so I'm, I'm one of the things that I frequently do is I I encourage sometimes perhaps a little more sharply than I should, but I encourage some of the others around me and say, I don't want to see your Christmas tree out on the curb on December the 26th because <laughs> that's that's just not how it goes. So so of course, I mean, uh, you mentioned the octave. We have the 12 days of Christmas leading up to January 6th, the traditional date of the Epiphany, right? And then we mm-hmm. have, uh, liturgically speaking, the calendar takes us in the Christmas season all the way up to the baptism of the Lord. And then some people right. still still keep things going all the, all the way to the presentation on February the 2nd. So, I mean, what do you have any suggestions? I mean, should we be diminishing in our celebration as we get on and on in the Christmas season, or do we need to keep it up for all however well, many days it is? Yeah, you, you can't <laughs> keep the same intensity. But, you know, the, the, uh, at St. Peter's Basilica, they have the Christmas tree right up, as you say, until the presentation. And, and it, yeah. it's kind of the last, uh, the last light to go out from the Christmas season is, is, is at that <laughs> feast, you know, the candlemas. Yeah. And then... And, and then uh, but you know, Epiphany—that's you know—that's that's a beautiful one. And many cultures uh, really have a, have great celebrations at the Epiphany. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Coptic Orthodox, the Coptic uh, Catholics—they uh, they celebrate Christmas in connection with that uh, feast. And 
so, you know, we, and that's a beautiful thing to, you know, beautiful family celebration, the epiphany and the anticipation of the, the anticipation of the kings. And even, you know, using that, you know, that's becoming more popular to, to bless homes and then to, with, through, with, with blessed chalk to remind ourselves right. of the coming year and the, you know, Casper, Melchior and Baltazar and to inscribe their initials in chalk above the, the door of the home and, and bless the home. That's a, it's another way to mark the Christmas season in the context of family and to think about the new year and ask for blessings from the Lord for the new year. Yeah, yep. So many great traditions. That's what we're talking about today is celebrating Christmas as a Catholic. What do you do to celebrate Christmas as a Catholic? How do you celebrate Christmas with your family, in your home? Do you have traditions that are carrying you along? And these could be secular or religious traditions, but how do they help you really enter into the joy of the season when we're celebrating the birthday of our King? And maybe you enjoy going to Midnight Mass as well. Give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to have you on. It's 888-914-9149. That's our toll-free studio line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, it's 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer to send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Our spiritual director today is Father Richard Hermes, Jesuit priest and president of Jesuit High School in Tampa, Florida. Well, Father, um, let's talk about food. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of Christmas, right, is is all the wonderful things we have. Christmas cookies. I know one of the one of my traditions in my growing up, and I've seen this in other families too, is that in our stockings we'd oftentimes receive uh, we'd receive in the shell nuts, and so we'd sit around the Christmas table after emptying our stockings, and and we would be you know get the nutcracker out, and we'd actually open the nuts that way too. Um, any particular Christmas foods that are of particular uh, uh, appeal to you, Father? Any of the Christmas foods, but you know, I, I especially love the Christmas cookies or the or the warm breads that you know that are associated with Christmas that, that mm. people will often exchange as gifts. I loved growing up. The I mentioned it earlier. The bonbon candies, the little. I think they, they, the filling can be different. Ours were always sort of coconut, but then it's covered in chocolate, and mm. that was always always associated that with Christmas. And, and then you don't I don't see that much anymore. But we used to have the pecans and the walnuts and all that around at Christmas, and you spend time cracking them and usually breaking yeah. up the, the nuts yeah. <laughs> so small you couldn't eat them, but, <laughs> but it was just fun. It was something you didn't do all year, you know? Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. Made you work for your work for your Christmas celebration there a little uh, bit too, uh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But you know, the, I, the whole, the whole idea of, I mean, of, of just celebrating with food is just, it's just so, I mean, it flows straight from the logic of the incarnation, straight from what Christmas is all about. It's just, it's a feast of the humanity of God's son. And, What's more human than bringing people together with food and drink and, you know, and, and, and enjoying that celebration in that way? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm so touched by that in the Gospels whenever I see, you know, Jesus specifically, you know, after the resurrection, do you have anything here to eat or come and have breakfast? Or, I mean, there's just, I mean, to say nothing, of course, of the institution of the Eucharist itself. I mean, I, I don't want to actually diminish that in any way, shape or form. But, but food is such an incarnate thing. And that's, that's one of the things that it's, it shouldn't surprise us that that is one of the things that should be part of our celebrations. We call our feasts feasts for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. And these feasts, you know, the, 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 the feasting part of the feast really does, as you indicate, helps us understand the joy of the Eucharistic feast and ultimately prepares us for the joy of the heavenly banquet. There's a reason heaven is called the heavenly banquet. You know, that touches yeah. something deeply human in us. It does. It's it communion. Does. It, it brings, that's, that's the thing is it brings people together and it ultimately points us towards, you know, towards the final communion. 
Yeah, there's more to it, right, than than uh, simply eating together, which is, you know, that's definitely a, a staple part of it. But it's eating together. It's eating around a, a well-set table, perhaps, or something like that. It's not pulling up necessarily the TV trays in front of the TV. No, it's not. It's not just feeding. It's it's really the, the preparation of the of the food. The as you say, the, the setting of the table, uh, the anticipation, the coming together, the prayer, the you know sometimes singing, the games uh, that might follow. All of that is part of is part of the feast, and and yeah. it really it, it brings joy into family and among friends. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Very good. We're talking about celebrating Christmas as a Catholic. What are some of the traditions that you have in your family that uh, help you enter into the true joy of the season? What are the things that you're looking forward to here? Just in a few days, we're just a few days away from Christmas. Give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe get some new ideas out there, too, about what we might do together as a family. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll come back with more of the conversation with our spiritual director, Father Richard Hermes, president of Jesuit High School in Tampa, Florida, right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Is your Christmas celebration glorious? I certainly hope so. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. We're talking with Father Richard Hermes today, um, who is a Jesuit priest and president of Jesuit High School in Tampa, Florida, about tr- Christmas traditions as Catholics. What do you do in your home, in your workplace, in your schools, as well as at church in order to get things really rolling? And hey, since we're talking about Christmas traditions, giving gifts is obviously one. So we've got a new uh, we've got a Christmas gift for you, a new Christmas gift, a brand new update to the Relevant Radio app. So before you head out on your Christmas travels, make sure you download our updated app. As always, you can listen to the live shows. You can find podcasts of your favorite programs. But now you'll be able to jump ahead to with easy to navigate chapters and listen on autoplay. This is perfect for you to listen to while you're driving or traveling over the holidays. You can try out our best of the week segments, the Saints series from the Merry Beggars. So many awesome features to discover. Download or update your app from your app store or from our website. You can find it at relevantradio.com slash app. Well, again, we will be uh, we're talking about celebrating Christmas as a Catholic Father Hermes, let's go to the phones. We've got Barb, who's calling in from Gilbert, Arizona. Barb, thanks for calling the Inner Life. Welcome. Oh, welcome and Merry Christmas. Well, Merry our Christmas. favorite tradition, uh, originally from Winfield, Illinois, is I brought it out here to Gilbert just for every year. But um, since our children have been little, we've had a bin of costumes of a Mary, a Joseph, a shepherd, an angel, and um, baby a doll for baby Jesus, and then. We get it out, and now we've got five grandchildren, and everybody, there's six grandchildren. One is in Texas, though, but um, we, they all um, are, they, all year long, they're, I want to be the shepherd. I want to be Joseph. I want to be this one. And then we, we gather after Christmas dinner, and then we do our nativity scene, 
And in between, I read the story, and then we, we stop, and we have someone play the piano, and then we all sing carols mm-hmm. in between. And then my husband, who is a deacon, sometimes he has a special prayer after we, we come, uh, finish, and everybody looks forward to the nativity. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tradition. And, you know, I love, I've seen a lot of parishes have, have uh, live nativity uh, sort of scenes and productions like that where they, they really draw the young people in. And, and there's nothing, I mean, that's, it's just so immediate, right, to, to be able to present the nativity like that. And th- this is the 800th anniversary of, of, the, of the live nativity of St. Francis of Assisi in Grecia. I mean, this year we're celebrating the 8th centenary. And, Pope Francis has mentioned that several times in recent days, and and it, it, it brings us back to St. Francis, who wanted to be in Bethlehem. He wanted to draw close to the Christ child, and we have the opportunity to do the same thing for one another, and, and especially for our children, th- through these live nativities and, and, and the costumes and so forth. So it's, it's really a great tradition. Mm, it is, and uh, it's a great way to, of kind of getting the Christmas story into our homes as well. Um, I know that... We would, uh, because our family was rather small, and we would uh, simply have a reading of the Christmas narrative. But, uh, Barb, I think that's a great idea. Just do your own nativity play right there in your home, in your family. That's, I think, it's a uh, sing Christmas carols along with it. I think that's a great idea. Well, so, Barb, thank you for the call. We're talking about Christmas traditions, celebrating Christmas as a Catholic. What do you do in your homes, in your schools, in your workplaces to really get into the joy of the season here as we're just a few days away. Give us a call. Give us your ideas and tips. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Father, before the break, we were talking about food. And I got to say that, uh, well, if I'm honest, it's already begun. I know we're still in Advent, but for me, it's already begun. I look at, you know, maybe something, snacks sitting on the counter, and I think, well, it's Christmas time, so... I can cheat. I can I can cheat on my diet, you know, and that sort of thing. But it seems like that might unmask a little bit of an attitude there where we're conditioned to feel bad about celebrating. So I guess my question is, why should we embrace celebration and not feel guilty about it? Yeah, well, I mean, feasting is very Catholic. There's no doubt about it. And uh, <laughs> Amen. wherever you're in Catholic cultures, there's always a great tradition of, of these feasts and, and, and at the proper time. But But it alternates, of course, with the days of fast and, and, and days of abstinence, which maybe we should take more seriously than, you know, for our spiritual good than we have in the past. And that prepares us for the feast. But we should not be, you know, uh, we should not be thinking about Christmas, you know, the, Chris, the delights of the Christmas season as some kind of, you know, that we're cheating, that we're, you know, well, we should embrace it and, and in, enjoy the good things that we have. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, we're, you know, we're, we don't want to provide for excess. We're not. We're not looking to, you know, to overeat and to become gluttonous. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. plain and simply a sin, you know. But, you know, but but embracing the the joy of the season and in, in its immediate forms and the forms of, of the beautiful meals and great treats, that's a it's a very human thing and it's something that draws us close to the humanity of of Christ and yeah and it and it brings us together with our family and friends and that's all to be celebrated, not to be um, shunned. I think that's great. With the with the caveat as you gave, Father, that we're still avoiding, we're still practicing temperance, right, to a degree. Anyway, and we're saying that yes, we're not going to excess, we're not getting in the gluttonous side of things here. But uh, there is an invitation, um, you know, 
He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's this uh, understanding that our cups do overflow, and perhaps they overflow most particularly around these feasting, these important feasting times of the year. Um, but I do say, and I've said this before, I think, on the program, but it's worthy of repeating, I think, is which is um, I think the oftentimes we know how to fast well. I mean, I'm not saying we always do it well, but we know what are what are required for fasting. Um, but celebration, maybe we need a little more education on. Like, how do we enter into the joys of these very human things, as you said, Father, without going to excess? I mean, is there, without feeling guilty about it on the one hand, but not going to excess either? Well, that's why I think, that's why I mentioned uh, Joanna Bogle's book earlier, because I think she strikes mm-hmm. the right the right attitude, the right mentality. I mean, these are, these are you know, the, the, the foods that are associated with, for example, Christmas are, are often national foods. Are often foods that have, that are long associated with Germans or the English or the French or Italians or the Polish, and and they're foods that that you know that are part of traditions that have built up a Catholic culture in in these various parts of the world. Right. Um, and 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 we have to embrace that. You know, we have to strengthen that and and rediscover those traditions. The the, the activities, the the family time that brings us together, as well as the the great food and feasting that's part of these days, we have to rediscover that and and thicken the Catholic culture that that we're raising our children in. Oh, I like that. Thicken the Catholic culture. Yeah, I really do like that. All right. Well, let's go back to the phones. Martha is calling in from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Good morning, Martha. Thanks for calling the Inner Life. Good morning. Um, I have just a short story. I hope. Uh, one of the best Christmas Eves that um, my family had, we're a family of uh, adults now, and um, Christmas shopping had become more and more of a stress than, than it was a benefit. So um, my husband asked everybody um, to the extent that they wanted to, to contribute to a fund that uh, he would be in charge of, and he would tell us on Christmas Eve afternoon how that fund would be used. And um, so... On Christmas Eve afternoon, at uh, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we all met, and he had converted the money to um, 10s and 20s, and so he divided it equally among all of us and instructed us to go out into the city and discount stores, parking lots, groceries, wherever, and to identify as, as many people as your money would stretch to that could really benefit from, from a hand up. So um, mm. we all, and then we would meet back here at approximately six o'clock for a typical Santa Fe Christmas Eve dinner of tamales and pasoli and <laughs> all the good <laughs> foods of Santa Fe. And um, and so um, we took this, re- and we, you could give as much or as little as as you thought, and and to bring your bring a story or two back with you when you came. So um, we all we all took our uh, responsibilities seriously, and it was. Truly, truly, the most mm. meaningful afternoon and the most Christmassy, wonderful afternoon we'd ever had. And um, I would strongly recommend it if there's families of adults that, you know, are looking for a special way to celebrate Christmas that they might consider this as, as a wow. good, good opportunity. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a that that's beautiful. And that really goes to the, you know, to the heart of. You know how important it is for us to draw close to the to the poor. I mean, to to you know imitate Christ's poverty by by drawing close to the poor, and and especially at this time of year. Um, I know families who they make a point here in Tampa of during the the 
Christmas season, or at least this period leading up to the Christmas season at Advent, of going downtown to Metropolitan Ministries with their children and, and serving. Uh, it's, it's a large kind of Methodist-run organization in Tampa that serves the poor in many, many different ways throughout the city. And But they'll go down and work in the soup kitchen or work at the holiday tent and, and donate their time. And um, your, your story, though, I, I brought uh, students for years down to a very poor town in South Florida called Belglade, and we, we were at a Catholic parish there run by the Salesians. And we had a custom for a number of years of actually going out into the city and having little Christmas cards with a $20 bill, and the kids would take turns going into a laundromat or outside of Walgreens or a, a grocery store and handing these uh, Christmas cards, and they would open them up with the $20 bill. Or the, and it was just the joy of <laughs> on the recipients' faces was incredible. You know, they would hug the boys, and uh, it's very similar. I, I'm, I'm glad to see that's being done elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, very good. Martha, I really appreciate the idea. Jesus, well, Jesus came. He, the whole reason he came is to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. So it makes great Christmas sense. It makes great Christian sense for us yeah. to, to do for others what they struggle to do for themselves. So that's that's really great. I love the suggestion, Martha. Thank you. Let's now go to Patrick calling in from Deerfield, Illinois. Patrick, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you. I'm Jesuit, Jesuit educator, and I'm 75 years old, and I want to tell a war story that my father told me every Christmas Eve. He was in the China-Burma-India theater of operation during World War II, and it was kind of the lost war. All the resources went to the European theater or to the Pacific theater, so they're threadbare, they're short on food, and they had no chaplains. So they're sitting around a fire on Christmas Eve, feeling lonely, spiritually exhausted, physically exhausted. And out of the jungle comes a six-foot, four-inch, white-haired man dressed in white robes named Father Tony Weber. And he indicated that he was the rector of a uh, orphanage in India, and my dad told that story about how, how a priest walked out of the jungle and and saved his spirit on Christmas Eve. Wow. Well, now I'm in, uh, I'm in the service. I'm a young lieutenant just back from overseas, and I'm now assigned to uh, Fort Hood, Texas. And we're pretty exhausted, spiritually lost. And our, our colonel says, you know what, guys? We got to pick up morale. And the way we're going to do that is buy toys for all these kids up at a boys' reformatory north of the fort. We all did. And my job was to wrap some presents. And I forgot the wrapping paper. Called my mom, and she said, Use the funny papers. So I did. Well, when we <laughs> delivered the presents to the colonel, he says, Who are the cheap son of a guns that used? Paper for, you know, use the newspaper as a wrapping. And of course, me and my roommate put our hands up and and he said, okay, you two guys are now going to get in dress uniforms. You're going to take all these toys up to the, the reformatory. You're going to drop off the toys. You're going to sit in the first row of the chapel because the chaplain up there wants to show that even rough, tough army rangers can go, uh, can go to church. So we went up there, delivered the presents look for the chaplain and out from behind the the curtain came a six foot four inch white haired man no. priest in white robes named father tony 
Weber. <laughs> and I, I tell that story to my children every year because it's, and I tell it to veterans because when you're lonely and lost, make sure you make it to Christmas Eve mass mm. because somebody will take care of that loneliness. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, that, that, that should make us think about people in our lives who need to be visited this time of year. You know, the elderly, the sick, uh, th- those who are experiencing loneliness, those who may feel cut off from their families. And, and, you know, or maybe we know a family in town, you know, in our community who's moved in recently from elsewhere, a couple or, uh, you know, young, and, and invite them, as, make them part of your Christmas, people who are not able to go home for Christmas or, or apart from their loved ones. Mm-mm. It's it's amazing too the way that the Lord will kind of orchestrate these these types of things, Patrick. That's an amazing story, and it's just a, a fascinating that our Lord would work in such a way um, to bring this same man, the same priest. Uh, thank God for his yes to the ministry, and uh, he was still able to he was still able to get with a generation of of uh, of soldiers. What a what a wonderful thing. Well. Patrick, you and your dad, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service to our country. But thanks for a great story as well. And Father, I mean, you make the point too: is that I mean, this is the this is kind of the this is the way that the Lord oftentimes will give us these little nudges, these winks. As Patrick said, you know, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling lonely, He will step in in these ways as well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and and I think if you know, if we extend ourselves and, and look for opportunities to 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 give of ourselves, to give of our resources, to, to reach out to those in need, then, you know, it's, it's not, we're not only doing something beautiful for, for the other, for, for those who are in need, but, you know, the Lord will reward that. The Lord will, will give us, you know, many fold in return. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons too, that's behind, uh, behind our whole idea of gift giving, right? I mean, that's, that's, uh, we're, we're, we're celebrating in some small way, the gift that Jesus is to the world. I mean, let's just be honest about that. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, that's, it's an imitation of Christ. I mean, it's yeah. an imitation of God himself who, who gave us the gift of his son. Uh, and, and our gift giving is really the response to that. And, and it's an imitation of that. It's a sharing. And, and, you know, the gifts, it's not important, the monetary value. I mean, not, not everyone has the means to give lavish gifts, and nor is that very important. What, what matters is, is the gesture, and often, you know, something that's homemade, something that comes from yeah. the heart, something that you really think about that other person and what would bring them happiness and joy. That that's usually that's really the value of a gift is when when the when the giver has really thought about the the the, the one that he's giving the gift to. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of a lot of meaningful gifts that I've received over the over the course of the years, and yeah, absolutely, Father, what you said is that there's there's thought behind it. There's something that is particular about it. It uh, is shows a bit of the relationship, anyway, between myself and the gift giver, or um, vice versa. If I can give the uh, the amount of thought into a gift like that, so maybe that's another good thing for our listeners as well. If you have uh, a more meaningful gift that you've received for Christmas, if that's been part of the uh, that's been part of your Christmas tradition, something that exists in your memory and helping you enter into the joy of the season, then give us a call and join the conversation as we're talking about celebrating Christmas as a Catholic, some of the traditions that you have. Our toll-free studio line is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break, but we've got more on celebrating Christmas as a Catholic coming up on the show. 
Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash UDallas. to the inner life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Angus are taking your phone calls today. We're talking about celebrating Christmas as a Catholic and exploring some of the many traditions, both secular and religious, that you have in your life to help you enter in fully to the joy of the season. And uh, our spiritual director today, guiding our conversation, is Father Richard Hermes, Jesuit priest and president of Jesuit High School in Tampa, Florida. And uh, just so you remember, we've got this excellent new Christmas gift for you. It's a new update to our Relevant Radio app, which, let's be honest, was already pretty amazing. But it's even better now. We've got a live memorari meter counter that updates in real time, detailed descriptions of your daily podcasts and videos, extensive library of prayer resources with both written and audio prayers, And to make it even easier for you to navigate around the app, we have a short one-minute video that will walk you through some of the new features to access that video. Just click on the main article in the app or on our website, The Best Catholic App Just Got Better. Again, we're talking about Christmas, celebrating Christmas as a Catholic. Let's go back to the phone's father, Joanne, calling in from Texas. Joanne, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Um, I have a good story. When I was a kid, um, there's... I had nine brothers and sisters, but at the time there was only five of us and my grandpa had just died. And, um, my parents had a meeting and, and asked if we wanted to have receive our presents for Christmas or have our grandmother come up. And we all voted except for the baby to, to have our grandmother come up for, for Christmas. And so, uh, my parents got her a ticket and she come up from New Orleans and um, we went to midnight mass, as we always did as a family. And when we got back home from midnight mass, there was this great big turkey sitting on our doorstep. And when we went inside, we had a huge living room, and our living room was wall-to-wall presents large bags of fruits and nuts and all kinds of stuff. And that went all the way around the living room. We were so shocked. And uh, my mom never did tell us who did that, but I suspect it was the, the parish priest and the, and the parishioners that did that. That's so wonderful. That's, that's the talk about the bounty of the Lord and his goodness. And, you know, your, your grandmother brought many blessings to you that Christmas. And, and no doubt your grandfather, your deceased grandfather did as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Joanne, great story. Yep, loved it. And uh, I, of course, I'm thinking maybe it was Ebenezer Scrooge post-conversion that uh, he, he got you the great big turkey and all the, all the trimmings inside <laughs> as well. So, um, yes, thank you so much. By the way, of course, you can check out The Merry Beggars. have a great audio version of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, adventwithscrooge.com. Check it out there. Joanne, thanks for the call. Great story. So grateful that you're able to hang on to that story and pass it on to future generations as well. 
Sue is calling in from Reno, Nevada. Sue, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Good morning and Merry Christmas. I um, grew up with, again, a large family, lots of siblings. My mother would bake like crazy at Christmas. She had, she had one bread in particular that was our favorite. It was quite elaborate for her to, to do. Um, but then when she passed away, my father passed away, we divvied up everything in a recipe book into somebody, and I couldn't track it down. And I wanted this recipe so desperately. So I tried for a few years. No one seemed to know where it was. Then a few Christmases ago, I, I received from my daughter the recipe that she tracked down and put onto a board, like a, almost like a cutting board that could hang on the wall. So special. It was one of the most special gifts I've ever received. And, and, and did you... Uh, did you- Put the recipe to work. Did oh you yeah, make that bread. And I'm doing I'm doing that either tomorrow or Saturday again. Yes, of course. Yeah, it'll wow. be a great time to a great time to remember your mother, right? It was just a really thoughtful gift that took you know time and thought, and it was just amazing. Hmm. Sue, that sounds like an amazing and a memorable gift, and uh, one that will continue to influence you and your your encountering of Christ here in the season of Christmas as well. So thanks for the call. appreciate that. Meaningful gifts, great ways of celebrating Christmas. Father, um, I wanted to get into a little bit of the liturgy of the Mass, of course. If, and what I've noted is that if you go to Mass at different times, whether it be on Christmas Eve or Christmas at midnight or Christmas during the day or whenever it might be, you tend to hear different readings. There are different readings assigned for these different Masses. Why do we have that? Yes, I think I think it allows us to reflect the different aspects of the mystery. You know, whether it, at Christmas Eve uh, vigil or the midnight mass, mass at dawn, mass during the day, um, even the prayers of the masses of of each mass. You know, the, you have the specific proper prayers for each mass. Now, now, one thing that's beautiful though at Christmas, I think it's really important liturgically is is all of the elements that are common to all of those masses, the Gloria. Glory mm-hmm. to God in the highest, the angelic greeting from the Gospel of Luke, the, the kneeling at the in the creed when the um, when the incarnation is mentioned in the creed, when we profess our faith in that, the the beautiful first preface uh, that that's that's often used at, at at those masses, the the proper prayer that's used at, in the first Eucharistic prayer, that you know celebrating the most sacred night or day on which Blessed Mary the Immaculate Virgin brought forth the Savior for this world. Yeah. And then those special antiphons in him. So there's, there's a lot of obviously a lot of commonality, but I think that the, the liturgical readings are very beautifully chosen. You know, um, you know, I always look forward, for example, at Christmas Eve, on the Vigil Mass, I look forward to the to the Gospel of Matthew. The beginning of the of the New Testament is the genealogy of our Lord, mm-hmm. and it's just almost you know you go through all of those Old Testament names in the groups of fourteen, and it's like a litany. It's like a it's it's like three great movements of a symphony that culminate in in the birth of the Lord um, yeah. or, or the midnight mass, the first reading after, you know, here at Jesuit, we have a midnight mass and we do an hour of le- lessons and carols beforehand and in, in the church, the chapel's dark, the candle, everyone's holding a candle. So it's, so it's by candlelight. And, and then we have mm-hmm. the martyrology proclaimed. That's a, that's a stunning, beautiful moment. And then, and then, when that first reading, you know, from Isaiah, people yeah. in darkness have seen a great light. It just resonates with everyone in the chapel because of the previous hour. Um, oh. You know, or Christmas morning, Christmas day, when, when the beginning of the Gospel of John is proclaimed, uh, in mm-hmm. the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and 
dwelt among us, and we've seen mm-hmm. his glory. I mean, this, these are, each one of these readings, each of these different liturgical moments, they, they highlight a different aspect of this inexhaustible mystery. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm the one getting the chills, Father, as you're just talking about that. Oh, man. I uh, maybe if you got room in your chapel down there, Jesuit, maybe I'll come down <laughs> anytime. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful mass. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I appreciate that. And uh, just any uh, this from a priest, from a celebrant perspective, any particular mass of all the different options that you particularly enjoy, Father? My favorite is certainly the midnight mass. There's no it doubt is. about okay. it. I mean, it's just because of the of the, the preparation with the lessons and carols, the readings leading up to it, and then the martyrology, that proclamation of of the birth of the Lord that you mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the it's just a rich. And I always always encourage at the end of the mass. I, I we have a beautiful, fairly large nativity scene that occupies a, a side altar, a side shrine altar, and and I encourage families to bring their children there to kneel before, you know, kneel before the Lord. Uh, kneel before that that scene that calls to mind his birth and, and pray a little bit right after mass um, yeah yep. but it's just you know we don't we don't get a lot of cold weather down here in florida but it often <laughs> gets a little chilly on christmas midnight yeah. it seems like yeah so it yeah. gives us a little bit of the christmas spirit so i look yeah. forward to that mass every year okay all right well just curious there i think we got time for one more quick phone call rita is calling in from houston texas rita welcome to the inner life thank you uh, about five years ago, my daughter made a rosary for me. Uh, she bought the Hail Holy Queen medal and the cross, the crucifix, and on the back of it, she had them pray uh, and print on there, please pray for us, Nana. But then all the beads uh, are, are initials of all our family members. My husband, my two daughters, their spouses, and all 10 grandchildren are all sprinkled throughout the rosary. Mm. And I, I, can't even, I can't even let it leave the house. And since then, I've lost my husband, so it's even been more of a special thing for me to have. And every year, then when I pray, of course, I pray for them. And every priest I've asked to bless it has just been overwhelmed by it. It's a very precious gift there. I I love personalized rosaries when we, you know, in between the decades, put various mementos or or, uh, medallions of saints and so forth. It really helps... uh, it helps as you're praying. It helps to know where you've been and who you're praying for. Yeah, absolutely. Rita, what a great gift. May, may your husband rest in peace, but uh, what a wonderful way to hang on to that, um, hang on to uh, the family and hang on to the upholding them in prayer. Please pray for us, Nana. I love that. So thank you so much, Rita, for your calling in the inner, inner life here. Father, just in our last minute or so here before we ask for your blessing, um, so uh, a lot of us feel like we can't feel like anyway, that we can't necessarily provide um, the ideal Christmas. So for those of us who may be struggling with that, you know, I don't have enough money for gifts this year or uh, I don't have enough money to make a, a sumptuous feast this year. Any suggestions about how we might r- remain attached to Jesus and still have a joyous Christmas? Well, first of all, I mean, the, the material aspect is I mean, it's of course it's important, but the expense of it is not what's important. And we've talked about that already with simple gift giving and simple decorations. Uh, you know, providing what you have for one another. You know, and and, uh, and not thinking about what not 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 getting some idea of what Christmas has to be like. Um, the the point of all of that, of course, is to you know deepen our faith and to bring us together in faith, to bring a family together, to bring friends together. 
So if you keep the focus on that, then the means will sort of become clear. You know, it won't it won't matter how much money you have or you know, whether you can have the ideal setting this year. A lot of families are spending most of their days leading up to Christmas in the hospital with a loved one. Or yeah, they're, right. you know, they're, they may have lost a job or, 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 or experienced a tragic death. Um, but even in the midst of that, if we keep our focus on prayer and on faith, then, you know, we can celebrate a beautiful Christmas and a worthy Christmas. Yeah, we certainly can. Father Richard Hermes has been our spiritual director. Father, before we let you go, may we have a blessing from you, please? Of course. Let us pray. O God, who wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and still more wonderfully restored it, grant, we pray, that this Christmas we may share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great show and talking about ways that we can celebrate Christmas as Catholics. Coming up tomorrow, the fun continues with Christmas movies and music with our spiritual director, Father Ethan Southern. Hope you can join us for that. Until then, friends, grace and peace.